Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to your Friday. Clark and I are here on the podcast talking about Hebrews chapter 7 and this king, this priest, Melchizedek. This um, mysterious character. Yeah. Who and is so, this guy? <laughs> go back and listen to Wednesday's podcast. We mentioned his name a couple of times, maybe to get a little fuller picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll jump in today. And I just want to encourage you guys. Thank you. Well, number one, thank you for listening because it's fun to be able to dialogue with you guys. But also sometimes, you know... We open our Bibles and we dig into the church reading and we'll read a verse and it just clicks like, wow, thank you, Holy Spirit. And then sometimes we sit down and we are just scratching our heads. At Mm -hmm. least I am. And so I think this is one where I'm just blessed to be able to kind of unpack it and really just listen to Clark and what he has to say and his research and from it. But it's just so helpful because it getting a fuller picture of, man, Jesus of it's just so helpful you guys in understanding just the magnitude of the Bible and just a little bit like a little bit more encounter with the Lord. I'm just like, man, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So So. this character comes up three different times in the Bible and Bobby's Mm going to read you one of them in just a moment, but he comes up at the beginning of the Bible, the middle of the Bible and the end of the Bible. And when he comes up, he's pointing Mm. towards a perfect and better high priest um, that would one day come, who is Jesus, is mm-hmm. what the author of Hebrews is connecting. So he pops up in Genesis 14 um, when Abram comes after having some big battle. Right. And he comes to the king of Salem. And when he comes to the king of Salem, Melchizedek is, in, in Salem, by the way, later becomes Jerusalem. Right. So there's some imagery there mm-hmm. that is important to note. And he's the priest of God Most High. And he's a priest before Aaron's line had been instituted, like before there was even a Levitical priesthood. Mm -hmm. He is already called like God's high priest, essentially. And what uh, Abram does is he gives him a a tithe and offering. He gives him, you know, 10% of what he's done. Mm -hmm. And so from there, you're like, okay, this is interesting. And essentially, Psalm 110, Bobby's going to read it in just a moment, connects Melchizedek to the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Because when you read Hebrews 5, 6, and 7, which is what we've done Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week, it's talking about how Jesus is supreme. He's the high priest. Mm -hmm. And the Bible uses Melchizedek's role as an illustration to show that Jesus is uh, our high priest. He is our king. Mm -hmm. And in other passages, it talks about how he is also like the fulfillment of all the prophets. Mm -hmm. And so the whole Bible is talking about Jesus. And then um, obviously, we get to Hebrews. So Melchizedek comes up in Genesis 14, Psalm 110, mm-hmm. and Hebrews 7. seven. Mm-hmm. So do you have a portion of Psalm 110 you want to read for us? Just so we know. I think just four is helpful. What we're if referencing. you want to say that. Yes. Sure. Psalm 110, verse four. Uh, the Lord has shown and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So that goes back to also chapter five, when we're talking about how a priest was appointed. Priests weren't just, you know, like I'm going to shove myself to the front of the line and put myself first. No, mm-hmm. they were selected by God. They were appointed. And so literally, you know, instead of that, God has sworn, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. That could also be, you know, the Lord has made an oath. The Lord is saying. Um, and so that's kind of the the reference there for mm-hmm. Psalm 110. Yeah. And one of the things that kind of references there in verse four is, is that priests were 
eventually going to be, they're part of the order of Aaron, but they weren't kings. They were just priests. Right. That's where he's different. Yeah. yeah this Melchizedek guy is priest and king mm-hmm. and Jesus is as well. Mm-hmm. And so there's this eternal nature of this person mm-hmm. and we don't know officially who this person is. Right. So there's all kinds of thoughts like, is this Jesus before mm-hmm. Jesus came as Jesus as a baby or is this some right. other mysterious, mm-hmm. you know, no one knows. Um, the point is the whole Bible is about Jesus mm-hmm. and it's pointing towards a time where Jesus would officially be the high priest for us and be mediating on behalf of us mm-hmm. as he sits at the right hand of God. So, um, well, I think that's just important to note too. So like the, so Hebrews is making that point, you know, that Jesus is higher than Moses. He's higher than mm-hmm. the angels. And Oh, Hey, by the way, like he's like Melchizedek in that, like you said, he's a priest and he's King. And also like, let's just see, like verse four of Hebrews chapter seven references, like just how great he is in that Abraham who was, you know, the father of faith, like to these people Mm -hmm. offers him worship. And so just again, sitting in the magnitude of that, that, okay, this is uh, someone that's without father and mother, without genealogy, like all those things. Um, and that he receives worship, receives worship from somebody that's like really prominent is like, Oh, okay. Now we're starting to get a little bit more accurate picture of who this and people later on just know you don't worship the high priest the high priest was ordained to point you to worship god yes so the fact that he's receiving of worship is interesting to say huh Mm -hmm. wonder if this is god Mm -hmm. you know jesus in some way shape and form right but yeah i mean as you keep going through the chapter yeah the the meat of it for me was verses 18 through 23 okay um let me read you 18 through 23 and then we'll kind of break it down verse by verse if that's okay Verse 18, it says, The former regulation is set aside. It was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope Mm -hmm. is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. Others became Mm -hmm. priests without any oath. But he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has Mm -hmm. sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. And because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a Mm -hmm. better covenant. Now... There have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But Mm -hmm. because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. So I guess what stands out to me right away is this verse 18 in the middle portion. It says, the Mm. former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. Meaning the law was given, Mm -hmm. but it cannot save us. Mm -hmm. and And it can't transform us. So the law is helpful in pointing out like, hey, here's how we're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Here are the rules and how we're supposed to treat each other. But if we're being honest with ourselves, we know that we can't keep these rules and we mess up. Right. And so what the Old Testament reveals and the Ten Commandments reveal and rules reveal is that we're not able to do this. Mm-hmm. We need somebody else to come and help us. And, you know, as you transition to verse 19, and God's alluding to the fact that he's offering us a different path forward now. Mm-hmm. The law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is now introduced by which we can draw near to God. And that is participating in the life and the death and the ministry of Jesus mm-hmm. is what we're getting at here. Um, you want me to keep going, or do you have anything you want to add to those couple verses? No, I don't. I, I'm kind of at the end of the chapter, so okay. I think that's good, though. So then, yeah, verses 20 and 21, mm-hmm. it talks about how Jesus then came and is fulfilling. He's our ordained priest, and how w- people failed, Jesus succeeded. 
And verse 22 yeah. confirms that when he lived his life sinlessly and holy and then offered him his own life as a sacrifice, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. And he's guaranteeing this for us. Mm-hmm. And I think about the Lord's Supper. You know, if you take communion and there's the the words of institution, okay. Jesus, the night he was betrayed, mm-hmm. he's with his disciples. He took the the bread and he said, um, this is my body, which is broken for right. you. Every time you take and eat, do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. And then he takes the cup and he says, this is the new covenant. This is like my blood right. that is poured out for you. Every time you drink, drink and do this in remembrance of me. Mm. And what Jesus is essentially saying here is the Old Testament way of doing things, the Passover meal, all mm-hmm. the Old Testament laws, Jesus has fulfilled them all in his life and in his death. Mm-hmm. And when you repent of your sins and you believe in Jesus, and you have a relationship with him, mm-hmm. that the promises of God are guaranteed to you. doesn't mean life's going to be easy. But the yeah. high priest now, Jesus Christ, um, and, and the king of all, mm-hmm. and the prophet of all prophets, is saying, I promise that you belong to me, and the promises of scripture are for you. And so that's what was happening when Jesus was preparing to die. He was teaching his disciples. He was teaching us. Every time you take this meal, communion, just remember this whole story. Remember, it's all about me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> remember, Melchizedek was pointing to me. Remember, Abram mm-hmm. and Abraham was pointing to me. Remember, Moses and the law was pointing to me. Yeah. Remember, you know, Jacob and then Isaac and Esau and all these wild stories. King David, all pointing to me. It's all about Jesus. The Psalms are about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes you fall in love with God and fall in love with his word. Mm-hmm. At another level, um, saying, hey, well, we, we couldn't do it, but Jesus did it, and he did it sinlessly. Mm-hmm. He did it well. He guarantees this promise of God's for us. Mm. And so I accept that. I say, thank you. Yeah, me, me too. I accept yeah. too. Amen. <laughs> you guys, what stuck out to me at the end was just like, you're using this really strong language, like forever and guarantee. And that's what stuck out to me. So if you go to verse 24... You hear um, lives forever and permanent priesthood. Verse 25, you hear completely saves his people. Verse 27, once and for all. And I think that that, you know, we we were talking with folks and sometimes you hear comments about like, it's just like a cycle. Like I, I'm, I'm struggling with something and I'm doing okay. And then I just go and then, and then it's just a really hard struggle again. Um, and somebody mentioned how, focusing on the final work of Jesus can Mm. alleviate so much, um, just kind of, of that cycling for them. My aunt one time says that like her, her told me her favorite, she wanted me to make a sign for her and the sign that she wanted me to make wanted, she wanted it. I was like, Oh great. What verse do you want her? You know, what do you want? And she said, Oh, it's my favorite thing. Um, you know, in the life of Jesus. And it's, um, the truth that on the cross, he said, it's finished. Mm. And I'm, I'm just like, okay, that's kind of odd. Like you want a sign to put in your house and say it is, it finished. is finished, but yeah. like, but forever, like that's what Hebrews is reminding us that, that Jesus and what he did, um, you know, the priests, they would sacrifice, they would sacrifice for it daily. That's what verse 27 says day after day for their own sins. And then they'd also have these festivals that there was a yearly sacrifice. And so it was just ongoing all the time. Levitical law never made anything perfect, but Jesus does. Jesus did. Jesus is once and for all, for all time, for always. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one thing, you know, there's a lot of un 
there's a lot of unfinished business in our lives. At least, I mean, I can speak into that. There's a lot of unfinished business. But Jesus comes and he says, this issue, this matter of unrest between you and God, that's finished. And it's finished forever because of what I did. And so believe it. Mm. And, you know, it's that's where I'm at. I just think this language, like, it can't be any stronger, like, forever completed, um, man. And yeah. so I, after just reading what who Jesus is in the fullness of that, because sometimes, you know, you get that he is the, the babe, the son of Mary and Joseph, and we get like, the smaller picture. But when you look, like, with this cosmic picture of who Jesus is over the angels, over there from beginning to end, higher than Melchizedek, like, all of this, and you think, man, mm. for me? yeah forever for always I, yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna sit with that today yeah well, what i want to end with too is mm-hmm. just thinking about like jesus greatness his supremacy and then how he has guaranteed this for us now that he's at the right hand of god the father mm-hmm. and he's poured out his holy spirit mm-hmm. when he's talking about like this priesthood here mm-hmm. now he is the head of the right. church but he calls you and i to continue his mission mm-hmm. And so we're not the high priest, Jesus mm-hmm. is, but he calls you to be a priest right where you're at. And so in your home, you're to be a priest. At your school yeah. or your workplace, in your neighborhood, you're to be a priest. You're to be someone who is of uh, worshiping God and is pointing others to, to the mm-hmm. worship mm-hmm. of God. And so this is what Peter gets at in First Peter 2 when it talks about how we're supposed to participate in what Jesus is doing. Yeah. The other scriptures talk about how we're supposed to participate in Jesus' death and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to participate in his ministry. In First Peter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, As you now come to God because Jesus is mediating for you, the living stone, Jesus, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also are like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house mm-hmm. to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ. And what are our, our sacrifices? Yeah, good question. You know, Romans 12 talks about <laughs> how we're supposed to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Right. This is our true and proper worship. <laughs> so as you and I now see ourselves as priests in this greater priesthood with Jesus at the head, you and I are supposed mm-hmm. to use everything God has given us as acts of worship, our cooking, our hobbies, our learning, our relationships, our finances, our sexuality, all these things are living sacrifices given to God Mm -hmm. as now Jesus, the high priest, mediates for us. And we're participating in his mission. We're keeping it going. Mm -hmm. And so um, Hebrews 7 is so thick and dense and rich. I'm hoping (laughs) and praying that this conversation last 15 minutes or so is just helpful in terms of our digesting of what it's saying Mm -hmm. and what it means for us. Yeah. And just continue to, to sit in it because it's weighty. It's big mm-hmm. um, that Jesus, like you said, Bobby, is above the angels. He's above Moses. He's above the temple, the church, all of it. And it's all about him. So that's all I got. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Feel free. Um, check us out on Sunday. Join us 9, 10, 30, noon, 6 p.m. We'd love to worship with you. God bless you today. Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.